Here's a Lotus again at Anderson's podcast, and it's the 8th of October 2021. The time is 20.11, and it is Friday. Now, today we're going to be talking about something that I have been talking a lot about and warning a lot about, uh, mainly the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, because it has occurred to me and a lot of other people that my suspicions were true about these platforms, that they were not there for our amusement or our entertainment or our togetherness, you could call it. It was only there to make us sad and miserable and feel lonely and not connected as humans. Actually, there was a survey internally by Facebook that said that, um, this is of course about Instagram, but it said that 13% of all attempted suicides, they talked about uh, the main reason why they felt suicidal was what they was interacting with uh, in uh, the platform of Instagram. So it means that Instagram has a very bad influence on us humans. How so? Because isn't it just uh, funny videos and beautiful people showing their beautiful lives? Yes, that is true, but there is something lying underneath it that we should be aware of. Because psychologically, of course, we are more strong or should be more stronger as an adult. I am 42 years old, so I tend to not be affected as much as a young person might be. So a young person, 10, 11, 12 or 13 or 14 years old, might be affected uh, by constantly interacting with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and uh, TikTok and whatever other platform there is. And we could not even be aware of it, or we are not even aware of the damage that has been done uh, to these young human beings. Of course, Facebook knows exactly what they are doing. That is why there has been a whistleblower that has gone public and expressed and talked about the more than 10,000 documents that she have uh, basically taken away from Facebook and revealed that internally in Facebook they know exactly what they are doing and the impact they have on society around the world, especially the young ones. So we have to realize, and I have been talking a lot about this, that our humanity is being stolen away by these big platforms. And what I mean by that is our enjoyment in life, our coexisting with other human beings, our feeling of interconnectedness, love and kindness is being taken away from us. 
and being replaced with something that is not going to make us feel loved and cared for and having this sense of connectedness to other human beings. So we are actually disconnecting ourselves from each other by Facebook to the Instagram. We might not we might not admit this to ourselves. But this is what is happening. We cannot really change reality. I can only speak for myself, but uh, when I was in school 20 or maybe even more 20 years ago, it was even more 25 years ago, there was a lot of noise in school. There was a lot of disturbances in school. People were not sitting on their backside, simply just listening to what the teacher had to say. They were acting as human beings, you could say. Now today, we are sitting on our backside, listening very carefully to what the teacher is saying, and we are concentrating on the job that the teacher is giving us. We are not speaking, we are not making any unrest in class, you could say. Yes, of course, there's always going to be a two or three people doing this, but the majority of people have been, I would say, mummified, but, uh, but they have been, their personality have been taken to another level of simply just being there but not really interacting with other human beings. Because when I come to school every morning, I see 90% of the people attending the class all have their best friend at hand, their cell phone, of course. So this has made human beings very focused on the screen, very focused on using five, six, or seven hours every day, or many times even more, looking at a dead object instead of looking at each other, instead of feeling this interconnectedness with each other. Of course, I'm not saying that it cannot be changed, but it's up to you and it's up to me. I have to change the way I address and look at these platforms. When I use my phone, I'm very much aware of the fact that there are a lot of pitfalls. There are a lot of things that I can occupy my mind with that is not going to be very beneficial for me in the long run. But young people do not know this. They have just been handing handing this dead object, basically almost from childbirth, and they think that it is okay because their parents has not said otherwise. Because they look, of course, a little child for guidance from their parents. They have to speak up against what is bad for the child and what is good. Otherwise, the child just thinks that whatever they occupy their mind with from the screen is good for them. And if you take their screen away from them, they start uh, to scream and yell and kick, 
and then you handed them the screen again, and then they shut up. Uh, so, so you see that even at a small age, they are addicted to this dead object. And of course, I cannot. Of course, I'm not going to say that I have not been the same, but I can see that it has escalated for a couple of maybe 10 or 15 years because, of course, we were also addicted to the screen, but it was much less profound. And of course, looking back, I can also see the pitfalls that I fell into, mainly, of course, the garbage from the garbage can, violent video games, violent movies, Movies who portray people's bad behaviors as something that you can allow yourself to be entertained by. The social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest of the crap. We did not have this when I was growing up. But you see that these things from the garbage can, when we eat from the garbage can, we get sick emotionally. But we tend to say to ourselves that we are not sick, that this bad feeling inside is simply just a feeling that we need to not only cope and deal with, but also accept as part of being a human. But we should not accept it as part of being a human. To deminimize or lower our high expectations of showing love and kindness to each other and ourselves. Because once we, once we do that, the problem is that it escalates. If you look at violent, let's say, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, or in other of the platforms, in these uh, small groups where it, it's only there to occupy your mind with bad human personality traits. It could be torture, it could be violence, it could be uh, images of people blowing their brains out or any other bad things that you can ever imagine is out there on the internet. But occupying your mind with these things will basically... It will get you to disconnect from humanity. You're not going to allow yourself to show love and kindness and connectedness with other human beings when you occupy your mind with this kind of garbage. On the contrary, you might be pulled in a very, very, very bad direction where you yourself become violent and self become one of the persons who might torture other human beings. So we tend to disregard what we look at as the main cause of our own misery. But it is there. It is in plain sight for me to see, but it is also for me to say no to. I can, believe it or not, decide what I put through my eyes and ears. It is up to me. I have the decision right at hand to say no to it. I can just shut it off. That is one of the possibilities that a lot of people 
are afraid uh, to think about and address because that means that you have to say no to the things that you have fooled your mind to believing that you love Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and uh, TikTok and all the rest of the crap that we occupy our mind with. So it is only when we meditate that we realize the very bad impact that this have had on our mind. The way we think about ourselves, we might have a very bad voice inside ourselves that are not very pleasant towards ourselves. And it is also very demeaning and degrading to us humans to listen to this inner voice. And we cannot really cope and deal with it, so we project these emotions out into the world. So we show hatred and resentment to other human beings because we basically have an inner voice that resent us and degrade us and make us feel miserable about ourselves. What to do about it? Well, basically say no to the garbage can. Say yes to meditating and keep on meditating as long as possible for as many day days as possible so that you get a grip of the fact that this inner voice can actually be turned down. You can actually fill your mind up with positive thoughts about yourself and others, believe it or not. It is there right in front of you. It is there staring back at you when you look at the in the mirror. It is up to you to say no to bad influences in your life. It could be friends, it could be loved ones, it could be when you start analyzing yourself and your thoughts especially, that you realize that a lot of it is coming from outside. It is coming from what you can control. So when you realize this, that you actually can control what you put through your eyes and ears, simply just saying no to it, then your mind starts to wander in a more positive direction in a direction that is more pleasant. You're going to be a much more pleasant person to be around. You're going to love yourself truly and dearly. Because deep down inside, you are loving kindness. That is your main human personality trait. This is, of course, something that a lot of, lot of people are aware of and think about everyday life. But imagine that every human being on the planet just simply said no to the garbage can, said no to bad influences coming from outside through the eyes and ears, and said yes to starting to occupy their mind with something that is positive, uplifting. Uplifting friends, friends that love you and care for you and truly want you to be happy in life. This should be our main course in life. This should be what we occupy our mind with every day. And of course, I'm not going to say uh, to you that it's going to be easy. <laughs> Far from it. But what I'm saying is that when you take on this journey or this challenge, 
you are going to uplift your mind. You are going to have more positive energy in your life. Of course, one might argue that it is wishful thinking. It cannot really be done. I am too much immersed in the matrix. I cannot really get out or step out of the matrix. I have too many friends that is also connected to this matrix. It is basically a system that is creating a living hell on earth. And we cannot really cope and deal with it. We cannot really, when we are confronted with these massive problems that these platforms are providing us, we cannot really say no to it. You saw a couple of days ago that Facebook and Instagram and there was a lot of other platforms that went down and were shut off. It made a lot of people aware of their addiction to these platforms, how much they really matter to them. So what is it really that makes them so special, makes them have been taking over our humanity? Because basically we should go through life knowing each other or getting to know each other face to face, sitting across from each other, having beautiful, meaningful conversations with each other and not having meaningless conversations with a robot that is sending a signal up to a satellite and then it is going to your phone so that you are providing yourself with couple of barriers between these uh, this person because nothing can beat a conversation face to face with a person nothing comes close to it because then you can feel the connectiveness through this person you can truly listen to that person what that person is saying you can even repeat what this person has said to you so that this person feels uh, feels that you have really listened to this person and vice versa also so this is going to create a much more deep interconnectedness with us humans than when we just simply use these platforms that are of course at our fingertips but we are really not using them to draw closer to each other. On the contrary, we are actually drifting away from each other instead. So, love and kindness, well, what can I do? Well, of course, one of the advices that I give is if you have a loved one or if you have close friends or if you have a person that you have not talked to for long time call that person up and hear if that person is interested in meeting you over a cup of coffee just simply having a conversation with you i will bet that a lot of people will be surprised at just how many people are actually willing to have a deeper conversation with you
they are actually yearning for it. They're actually hungry for human interaction and attention. That is the most beautiful thing that you can provide with another human is your totally commitment and attention to that person. That is a way to show loving kindness. Because deep down inside, we are loving kindness. But in order for us to show it to other human beings, we need to be aware that we are or have this uh, very good human emotion in us and we have to work our way out especially through the meditation especially when we say no to the garbage from the garbage can and provide our mind with good decent food that are nourishing and that can provide us with a sense of and a feeling of love and kindness in our hearts and minds so that when we speak to other human beings they know that here is a true human being that really wants the best for me. That this is a person that I can trust. This is a person that have no desires to get a number over on me, are not thinking bad thoughts about me, and not thinking about how they can deceive me but a person that is true, a person that is filled with loving kindness. That is a person that a lot of people will, I believe, have as a friend. So this is also up to you as a human being to provide this human emotion deep inside you and get it to be expressed as a human being. Because when we express loving kindness to each other, then we are going to receive loving kindness from each other, and that is going to provide us with the fuel that we need to have this everlasting loving kindness deep in our uh, in our hearts and minds. And when we provide ourselves with positive thoughts and ideas in our mind then I will guarantee that you are going to not have as many thoughts about uh, suicide or thoughts about you not living up to someone's expectations or you just, when you cannot see Instagram or Twitter anymore, then you cannot mirror what you are seeing and when you see people having a good time then you reflect it back on yourself and you say to yourself I'm not having a good time they are having a good time now I'm feeling miserable because they have a good time so this disconnection with human beings you can and of course I will highly suggest you do this you can actually stay away from it and you will experience a relief from your shoulders because then you are not going to allow these platforms to influence you in a bad way, in a negative way. But I know that it is much easier for me to say this because I'm an old person, I'm 
hold <laughs> middle of the road, you could say. I have a lot of life experience, but a young person who are struggling with their self-identity, the way they think about themselves, but also they are emotionally a bit unstable. They do not really know where to stand. They look at these images from these deities, you could call them idols, some would call them, and you see they are living these perfect lives. They are very beautiful. They look extremely gorgeous. And then you see yourself in the mirror and feel miserable. And then you try as good as you can to live up to their expectations of the image that they are providing you. But of course, there's not a lot of people who are willing to say to you that they are feeling just as bad as you are, just as miserable as you are, because they also find it very difficult to maintain this image of perfect beauty, you could call it like this. So you see that it is all a form of act. It is all just one big lie. It has nothing to do with reality. Reality is if you meet another person and you sit down with that person and have a meaningful conversation with that person, then you are going to walk away from that person feeling uplifted, feeling emotions that you have never felt before because they have not been provided for you from these platforms because they are dead platforms that can only provide you with negative human emotions. That is what they were built for. That is how the addiction also comes into, the, uh, into this area, because when we look at these platforms, they also have to have some uh, sugar on it. It has to be addicting, so, of course. So, of course, this is where the entertainment comes in. This is where we are basically emotionally connected to these human beings. Because when we are emotionally connected with something, we tend to spend a lot of time on it. We spend uh, our vast majority of life trying to reflect and reflect back on ourselves. So this is what we constantly do as human beings because we just want to feel recognized. We just want to feel love and care for. We are constantly searching for validation and love and care from other human beings. And when it is not provided for us, we tend to become frustrated and angry and we try to let it go out into the world when we write negative texts about each other. When we have bad thoughts about each other, it is because we have bad thoughts about ourselves. So we have to come to this realization that Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and all of the rest of the platforms out there is 
is very bad for you. It is actually one of the worst things that you can occupy your mind with. And of course, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I use a lot of time on Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of the crap. I use it like also just time consuming so that when I'm looking at it, I do not really feel good and bad, but I feel like level out. You could say I feel emotionless. <laughs> so I know also it's bad for me. And I also know that if I do not use self-discipline, I can also fall in pitfalls where I also, when I meditate, think, where these, does these thoughts come from? I cannot really work them out. But when I start meditating, I say to myself, oh, of course, I was feeling very angry at a post on Facebook, or I was feeling very miserable about a post, or I was feeling some of the more negative human emotions when I looked at Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. So I know that my thoughts come from somewhere. It just does not <laughs> come <laughs> from thin air. It comes from somewhere. So if you have negative thoughts about yourself and others, I would highly suggest that you start meditating. And when you do this, of course, it can be a bit tricky at first, because when you concentrate on counting your breathings, you will also have a mind that is constantly wandering off into your inner voice. And this inner voice is, of course, the one that is talking badly back to you. Because, but, but if you keep on taking your mind back into counting your breathings, eventually you're going to lower the volume on this inner voice. And then you can start your volume button up into a more positive inner voice. A voice that tells you that you are a loving and caring and kind human being. That you deserve your own loving kindness, but also loving kindness from others. And when you start having these conversations with yourself about the beautiful human being that you are, then you can start looking for opportunities to meet other human beings, but also you can also look at opportunities to read up on self-help books, books that are uplifting, books that talk about love and kindness, podcasts that talk about love and kindness, people that talk about love and kindness. These are the people that you want in your life because they are the people that can uplift you, that can make you feel even more loved and cared for. And eventually you're also going to return the favor, so to speak, so that you are also going to provide love and care for them so that they also feel love and cared for. Because this is what is lacking in the world. We are all lacking in love and kindness. I can only speak for myself, but I believe that deep down inside, you know that I am 
talking the truth. Of course, I'm not going to provide you with the whole truth and nothing but the truth because I am also leaving up to you to make your own investigation about the reality or how you perceive reality. Because the way I perceive reality, and of course I can start from the beginning, of course I see that there is a God that wants to have us call him out. And his name is Jehovah God. And of course, I also believe that it is very simple to prove that Jehovah God exists. It is basically just saying that we human beings are currently 7.8 billion of us on the planet, and we come from the same place. We come from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, and so forth and so on. That means that we come from something that you could place in the head of a top of a needle, but you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle, that's our father and mother, but you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle, that's our grandfather and grandmother, and so forth and so on. Now, I see that as pretty intelligent made, Therefore, there have to be an intelligent creator behind it all. His name is Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And if you close your eyes and pray to Him, and you remember to close your prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, so you recognize the greatest sacrifice that has ever been put on us human beings, then you realize that it is true that there are loving and caring and kind God out there that wants us to show love and kindness to each other. But also that Jehovah God has a great opponent. Uh, many people have worshipped him in places like Bohemian Grove, the Fabian Society, Club of Rome, the Freemasonic Lodges and the Illuminati also. These are the secret societies. And of course, it is only at the very top of this pyramid that these people know the entire truth. And they also know how easy it is for them to manipulate human beings into a belief system that they have. Through, of course, what they own, the mainstream media. So that is why you can see if you simply just look at the movie, what is it called in English, On the Trace of Deep State. It's a Danish person that has made this part. You can also just look up Alex and Infowars. Then you will realize that there are dark forces behind it, but these people that are worshipping these dark forces, they think that they are going to be very powerful. They think that uh, serving this evil entity, the great opponent of Jehovah God, that they're going to win this battle. But what they are not telling you is that they're not going to win. They're going to lose. It says so right in the word of God that it's basically over for them because Satan and his demons, and basically 
a lot of misconceptions have been made about Satan and his demons. It's basically Jehovah God's angels have also a free will, like us human beings. And they chose to serve Satan instead of serving Jehovah God. So they basically were allowing themselves to be taken over by this evil entity. And now they are serving him instead. That is why there are a lot of witchcraft, but also a lot of things like talking to the dead, or it's basically the demons basically manifesting themselves through this entity that they have occupied, mainly a human being. And of course, getting too close to these human beings is very bad for you. But if you get so close to them, simply just calling out Jehovah God's name, I guarantee you that they are not going to be pleased with that name because they know the force behind it. They know what awaits them, total destruction. And they are not very happy to be close uh, to a person that is worshipping Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And how can we worship Jehovah God? How can we stay close to Him? It's basically very simple. He is loving-kindness. And of course, He wants us to show loving-kindness. But He also wants us to sort out what we put through our eyes and ears. So saying no to this crap, this garbage from the garbage can, is very important to him in order for us to get an even more close relationship with Jehovah God. Because he is loving kindness. He showed it when he sent his one begotten son, Jesus Christ, to earth. And what did he really want us to teach or what did he want us to learn from Jesus Christ? Well, of course, one of the things was the merciful Samaritan. A lot of people will say, well, I am like the merciful Samaritan. I am going to help that person who fell badly in the hands of these robbers and are lying now half dead in the gutter. But are we really going to do this? Or are we simply just mindlessly following this dead object instead. So the question is, humanity, have we lost it? Or can we get it back, so to speak? Because these platforms are not going to provide it for us. So if we are not going to say no to it, then we are just going to keep on occupying our mind with this garbage. And then we're not going to have a good and dear relationship with Jehovah God. He is out there. He is present in every person's life. And of course, when you close your eyes and pray to Jehovah God in the name of Jesus Christ, you are going to be visited at night time from some of the not-so-pleasant invisible forces. This is, of course, Satan and his demons not going to allow you to let you go so easily. 
But if you keep on using God's name in the name of Jesus Christ, I will going to guarantee you that eventually they are going to leave you alone because they know that there might be a chance that Jehovah God is listening to this person praying and he is going to send his angels to stand against Satan and his demons. And they are going to win. And Satan and his demons knows this. So they are going to run away very quickly. Otherwise, they know that there is a possibility that they are going to be captivated and caught by these angels and locked away for a thousand years. So that they know what judgments lie ahead to them. So this is what I consider the truth, the invisible forces on the planet. I cannot prove this, of course. It is not up to me to prove it, because how can I improve something invisible? It's very difficult for me. You have to experience it for yourself, and I highly encourage you to do this. So, on to the program. What should we learn today? Because we have a dream book that I'm going to currently be reading out loud from. And of course, in this dream book, I'm just simply reading out loud and expressing my own opinion about it. And I'm not saying that it's going to be true. It's not going to basically be something that you can use in your life or I can use in my life. But what I'm saying is that I believe that the author was trying as good as they could to get to a more pleasant place as humans, to give something more to humanity, a more loving and caring and kind spirit to humanity. And these people I want to be friends with because I know deep inside, as Jehovah God knows, that they have a good and decent heart inside. They also want to have loving kindness in their lives. So without further ado, let's just read out loud from this book and let's just change the scenes here. And yes, what your dreams might say. In her dreams, Teresa struggles with her belief that beauty leads to love. She often dreams of buying new outfits, carefully matching the accessories and calculating the impact of an example. In these dreams, there is often a frustrating factor, an interruption or a problem that messes up her plan. This is her deeper mind reflecting her own frustration. At times, however, there is a younger, less glamorous girl with her who is thin, unkept and frightened, but who has very knowing eyes. This urging girl is, of course, Teresa's younger self, the child of a single parent who grew up without much attention of any kind. This is the girl she transforms into the knockout baby, or knockout babe. Often dreams will reveal the short-term tactics we have forgotten that we used and continue to use as long-term strategies. In Teresa's case, she focused on her appearance to attract attention, 
and because she craved attention, she mistook that cycle of cause and effect for love. Beauty is a miraculous gift to be celebrated and enjoyed. It attracts attention, desire, admiration, and sometimes sex. But to satisfy her hunger, to be known and loved for who she is herself, Teresa will need to expand her strategy, to reveal her personality, to share her inner beauty as well as her outer loveliness. Teresa is beginning to do just that. She is engaging in volunteer work and exploring a number of interests besides her appearance and evoking the admirations of others. As her realm of interest and activities expands, she has begun to date men who actually like her, who are friends as well as lovers, as she allows herself to operate as a larger personality, as a larger personality, to let the different sides of herself live and breathe, she's enjoying her life and relationships in a different way from what she would ever have believed possible. So we have here a young woman who in her dreams are confronted by the fact that her beauty is simply just a face that she is currently using to draw attention to herself. But she feels that people around her is not really showing love and kindness to her, but only showing love and kindness to her face. And this is, of course, true for a lot of people who have beauty as their main trait. So she has to be aware of the more inner beauty that she has. He, she wants to expand her strategy, to reveal her personality, to share her inner beauty as well as her outer loveliness. So she begins to volunteer for maybe in a nursing home or something other than that or like this, or she's exploring a number of interests besides her appearance and evoking the admirations of others. So when she expands her activity like this, she will attract people who love her for who she is as a person and not for just her beauty. Because a lot of people will show her attention for her beauty. But of course, deep down inside, she knows perhaps that it is not the attention of men that really want to get to know her and be her friend, that just simply want to have sex with her, as a lot of young women, or sorry, young men want, but truly wanting to get to know another person, getting to know their personality, falling in love with their personality, that is a whole different case, because that is what we human beings really want. We do not want people just to fall in love with our appearance, what we look like in the mirror. Now we have come to faulty belief number three. Self-erasure is necessary for a relationship. A number of women adopt an approach to love that I think of as self-erasure. When a conflict or challenge arises, sorry, arises, 
when there does not seem to be enough of something to go around, or when they need to ask someone for help, they frequently erase themselves from the situation. They are still there, all right, and they still walk, talk and interact. But on some subliminal level, they decide that given the other people's needs or the multiple factors involved, the most expedient approach to solving the problem is simply to give up what they wanted so as to take at least one set of needs out of the equation. The situation might be as minor as not having any dessert so that there are enough pieces of pie for everyone else to enjoy. Or it could mean struggling with difficult home repairs when a woman could ask for or pay for the help she needs. She may allow others to talk about their problems, but decline to share her own because she does not want to depress anyone and anyone else, or she feels they have enough to worry about. In large ways or small, this temporary tactic of women giving up what they want or need to keep things running smoothly tends to turn into a long-term strategy, a default setting in a woman's emotional pattern. The pattern of self-erasure sometimes stems from early training about what it means to become or to be a woman or a woman. Gracious, compassionate and placing others first, although some men certainly practice self-erasure too. In other cases, these women come from a home life in which another sibling or family member required ongoing special attention or care. In some cases, one of the parents was lost though through death or abandonment, and she had to instantly become a miniature adult, needing little or contributing much. In such a household, in an effort to keep things on an even level or keel, she was taught to minimize her needs, because after all, everyone had a, had a crisis on their hands. Usually, These early situations are born of necessity and not intended to harm or undermine the other family members. No one turned to these women and said, for heaven's sake, shut up and don't have any needs. I've got my hands full here. But that was the silent message broadcasted and absorbed nonetheless. On a deep level, these women learned the faulty belief that to be loved and have their needs met, they have to deny having any needs at all. Of course, when you examine it consciously, this belief does not make any sense. How can you have your needs met when your approach to love is not to have any needs? This belief about love can make relationships difficult and unfulfilling. The self-erasure cycle is associated with the sense that you don't actually exist in the way that other people do. You are somehow not as real as others. Many people who live this pattern are actually extremely successful and effective in the world because they do get a sense that they exist when they achieve something or make a contribution. Their work, their hobbies and their studies or volunteer activities becomes very important because it is in these things that they often get their first whiff of oxygen. They make a difference, not by disappearing, but
but by being themselves. So, of course, this has also something to do with the way we interact with other human beings. That we erase ourselves, perhaps in a relationship, and we think that it is actually going to benefit us. So this is, of course, when you say it out loud, where well, it is here, of course, when you examine it consciously, this belief does not make any sense. These women learn the faulty belief that to be loved and have their needs met, they have to deny having any needs at all. So this is, of course, contradictory, but nonetheless, it can be true for a lot of women that they have neglected themselves. They have stopped their own needs to being filled or fulfilled. They're not even expressing it to their partner at all. And then the relationship is going to be very difficult. And of course, this self-erasure cycle is associated with the sense that you don't actually exist in the way that other people do. Of course, this is also a very false belief system, but nonetheless, men, many young women might think like this. You are not somehow as real as others. And of course, that is not true, but these women might have this feeling inside themselves. And it says here, many people who live this pattern are actually extremely successful and effective in the world because they do get a sense that they exist when they achieve something or make a contribution. This is the place where they can feel like they are getting oxygen. So, of course, this is basically where the mistake is made. Because, of course, you can get a thrill to be volunteering. A sense of helping other human beings. That is true. And you should never neglect this, of course. But if it is like you are just pushing your own awareness of the problem that you cannot really look out for yourself or you cannot really say to yourself that I have these needs that I'm not having them met and of course you can actually replace them or replace these needs when you volunteer but these needs to be listened to and cared for is not really there for you of course, you can feel love and care for when other people feel your love and care. That is true. But on a more deeper level, you need to, if you have a partner, talk with these conversations that I've been talking about once every week so that you can feel safe enough to express these feelings that you have in order for 
new things to occur in your life, a new way of thinking about your life can occur. Otherwise, you're simply just going to bottle things up and you're not going to be aware of the great potential and possibilities inside you of feeling loved and cared for, feeling listened to, because this is, of course, very important for us human beings. Now we come to endings versus transformation. Let's just see if we can... Ah, okay, only four minutes left. Let's see how long time have we here. Okay, let's just take this one. Yeah. Endings versus transformation. When women who have practiced self-erasure see evidence of their own value, they sometimes leave their relationships, create separate lives for themselves within a civilized, distant marriage, or transform an existing relationship by educating their partners and themselves gradually. Some of these women have discovered that their partners had long admired their gifts of insight and compassion and were in fact their biggest fans. Although there are aspects of the relationship to renegotiate, such partnerships are often transformed into extremely profound and satisfying connections because the depth of feeling, history and recognitions of each other are already there. Because people who practice self-erasure have a clear awareness of the character and behavior of others, for the most part they tend to know when a partner is incapable of relating to them as a greater self with normal needs. These women may leave the relationship after decades or even half a lifetime to the astonishment of many who knew them. It is easy to wonder why they wanted to uh, sorry waited so long. The timing of the end of the relationship seems to depend on a variety of factors, but the weightiest factor is their expanded sense of self, which comes from evidence of their value and affirmation from others that they exist. Brenda told me that she felt whole when out in the world. But when she returned home to her husband, he continued to interact with her as she were invisible or insignificant. In the world she felt tangible, in the home she became a shadow. She would feel, as she entered the house, as if she were putting on a vest that restricted her breathing. It was as if the house itself suffocated her. The feeling of suffocation or restricted breathing without physical cause is a somatic intuition. It is the body's physical demonstration what the psyche is going through. Not surprisingly, Brenda chose to leave that relationship, although it was almost impossible for her to articulate the reason for her decision to their mutual friends. To her, leaving felt like a matter of life and death, although she could point to no single thing that her husband had done to drive her away. She was choosing to live fully rather than to exist invisible, and choice appears to have been a good one. Brenda has progressed in leaps and bounds in her chosen profession, helping many people along the way. She found a man who admired her very much, and their relationship is quite different from her former marriage. 
They have been together some time, and their connection seems to be very satisfying and profound. Although self-erasure is very insidious and pervasive, once women become aware that they have been functioning in this way and have evidence that they exist, there is nothing turning back. So there is no turning back. I have a brilliant. Fr- I have a brilliant friend who used to feel invisible. She said this. I didn't say much of anything until I turned fifty, but now there's nothing anyone can do to shut me up. And now, what your dreams might say. But this is for a different podcast because we have all extended the hour. We have now in the sixty-minute mark. So we have to close this podcast. So whether something that resonated with you, whether something that were being talked about in this book that you might be wondering, this was something that hit home run for me. Perhaps I too am erasing myself and not really getting in contact with myself showing who I truly am and being proud of it so that I can show that I am a loving and caring and kind person but also a person with boundaries but also a person who speaks his or her mind a person who speaks with a loving and caring and kind voice but also is willing to speak whatever truth might come out of course doing so in a good and decent manner so that the person your partner can have a much more deeper understanding of where you come from because it can be difficult a lot of women here you heard were simply just uh, shutting their marriage off because they felt invisible they actually felt that their partner was neglecting them or actually was treating them as invisible so that is not a good feeling to come home to so of course if the partner is not willing to change the way that their partner has have a new profound way of looking at themselves uh, basically getting in contact with their true self then of course that relationship is over there's no reason for you to stay in a relationship that is miserable and sad because you have to be true to yourself in order to, for you to feel whole and a true person that is going to express yourself truthfully so i hope this podcast was helpful for you i hope that there was at least something that you could use in your own life i hope that you show love and kindness to yourself and to others i also hope that i show love and kindness to myself and to others because then i know that if we might meet in the future we are going to have a good and beautiful conversation with each other that is going to be uplifting that are going to make us both feel connected as human beings so this is Kenneth Anderson signing off it is the 8th of october 2021 the time is 21:15 and it is Friday. Bye.